Welcome to the Rock Pit Files. I'm your host, Rocky Snyder. This week, I've got Jay Croft with me. He's a veteran communicator who helps fitness professionals grow their business. His company, Prime Fit Content, is all about marketing for those clients over 50. And if you happen to be a trainer or someone in the health and fitness industry that is focusing on the second half of life for clients, then he's got some great advice. Stay tuned. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Rocky underscore Snyder. Click the subscribe button and enjoy the show. So I've brought on Jay Croft as my guest this week for the Rockfit Files. And Jay is actually one of those individuals kind of behind the scenes in health and fitness, uh, not necessarily being a fitness trainer, but helping trainers try to address the needs of a population 50 and older. And so we got to talking not too long ago because he's got some great ideas for the fitness community. If you're a trainer or the like, maybe a gym owner, and you're looking to encourage people say 50 and older to come and utilize your services. But Jay, before we get into all that, I'd love to know your superhero origin story. So uh, how did you come to be with your company known as Prime Fit Content? Okay, well, hi Rocky. It's nice to see you again. Thanks for thanks for having me on your show. I'm very excited to be speaking with you again. Um, the way I came to do this to create my business, Prime Fit Content, is a couple of things happened at roughly the same time in my life. One, I turned 50 myself. Uh, I'm going to be 60 this year, so it's been a few years, and this didn't all happen in an afternoon. But in a pretty concentrated amount of time, I turned 50 and noticed that I had aged out of the primary marketing group for a lot of things, including fitness. And um, and I also was at a point in my career where I needed to find a new way to, to make a living for the remainder of my work years. I was dissatisfied with what I was doing, which was working in corporate communications at huge multi-billion dollar international corporations. And I'm just not that guy. And uh, prior to that, I had been a newspaper journalist for 20 years. And that was really my heart and soul. That was my passion, what I wanted to do when I was a kid and grew up and became a, a journalist. And then smartphones and the internet came along and killed the newspaper industry. So I had to find a new way to make a living, kind of stumbled into corporate communications, didn't like it, wasn't good at it, and decided at that point, you know, I can't do this for another 15 years. I can't go to a cubicle and, and slave away over, you know, paperwork. Um, for the rest of my life, I want to get back to do something creative and something that's serving some greater good. You know, it's helping people do something. I didn't really know what that would be. Long story short, I decided to focus on fitness. And that was happening at about the same time that I turned 50 and realized nobody wanted my money anymore. Which struck me as really ironic because now I finally have some, you know, and nobody wants it. <laughs> At least that's, that was the sense I got from marketing, right? Because fitness marketing is all about being young and wanting big muscles. And the more you look, that's how it struck me, you know? Yeah, which is fine. I used to be young and I used to want big muscles and things change, you know, we go through different stages in life. So I looked into it and found that the industry is indeed as youth obsessed as it seemed to be. And I thought this is, they're missing an opportunity here because my friends and my siblings and everybody I know who's a little older than I am, you know, we still are active people and we're going to remain active people and we still spend a lot of money on all sorts of things that have to do with fitness. 
So why don't you want to market to us? And that was the idea for Prime Fit Content was I thought, I looked into it and found that there are indeed some gyms and studio owners who want to reach the over 50 market and need help doing it with content. So I provide material for them. And then there's another large group of gym and studio owners who kind of might be persuaded. You know, they can, they, they understand that there's an opportunity here, but they're not really fully on board yet. Those two groups probably, in my estimation, make up about 40% of the gym owners out there. The other 60% don't care and don't want to know about the, the economic opportunity that this generation represents. And that's what I'm talking about is the economic opportunity. I'm not talking about being nice to sweet little old ladies and helping them cross the street because it's a good thing to do. I'm talking about uh, focusing on a really powerful, lucrative, underserved market that can grow your business now and for many, many years in the future. And most, most gym owners just aren't doing it. So if you're a gym owner, you should be pursuing this market as you, Rocky, have been doing for many years to great success. Well, so why do you think, I'm curious, because you say there's a lot of them that just don't care. Why, why do you think that yeah. might be? Well, I think a lot, traditionally the gym and just fitness industry has been focused on younger people. And that's you know going to take some time to, to broaden out. And we're just still at the beginning stages of that. Because when you look at the bigger pictures, and I don't want to get too macro here and, and sound too much like an old journalist, but fitness as we know it didn't really exist until the late 70s, early 80s. So if you grew up before then, your only concept of weightlifting or going to the gym or exercising was like maybe Jack LaLanne on TV or when Arnold Schwarzenegger started getting famous or on the Olympics every four years, you'd see the big East German guys, you know, doing their weightlifting, right? Just in, in the early 80s is when fitness became sort of a, a part of the culture and something that normal people do. And by normal people, I mean just the masses of non-athletes, right? So there's still this um, gap of no knowledge gap for older people who don't understand why going to the gym is relevant to their lives. And in the, within the industry, there's still a focus on it being for mostly for young men because partly because that's the way it's always been and partly because I think it's easy. You know, um, you know this far better than I do. I, I don't own a gym and I'm not a trainer, but it's obvious that opening a gym that's just a big room full of weights and charging a 25-year-old guy 50 bucks a month to come in there and do whatever he wants and uh, he comes in and throws weight around and, and leaves, that's great. Good. That's a business model that's worked for a long time, right? Because it's, it's easy for him. He pays a low price. He gets no customer service. He has no demands on you. He doesn't really need you. He just needs the equipment in the room. And uh, you're happy to take his money and give him no service. But that doesn't really work when you get older because you have higher expectations. We've, you and I have been around long enough to know that what good service is. And we've been working long enough to have the money to pay for good service. And we want it. You know, we're going to pay for it. So that just all takes a long time to get a, to, to change. I tell you, I still talk to some gym owners or trainers who are thinking about becoming a gym owner. And you say, who do you want to work with? And they'll say professional athletes, elite athletes. It might be not professional, but they'll say elite athletes. And I want to say, really? 
okay, so you're thinking about maybe opening a little gym in a strip mall in the suburbs somewhere, or not to denigrate any of that, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you're ready to start your one little business and you think elite athletes are going to come to you. What the world are you thinking? They're not going to come to you. They're, gonna, they're going to, they've, they've got their setup, they're covered, right? So it just doesn't make a lot of sense. They also think that it's sexier to work with younger people, I guess, because younger people, you know, tend to have what we think of as a society as being sexier bodies. I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me economically. I get it why a young guy opening a business wants to have his friends come and work out at his gym, but it doesn't really make sense economically. The opportunity is with older people. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, it's especially if you're dealing with athletes, you're dealing with seasons and typically you're dealing with uh, individuals that don't have a firm lifestyle in place, that they are in a state of flux every few years. So you're yeah. always you're always running around chasing the cat's tail and, and not really getting to a, a population that is firmly in place, that knows what they want and has the means in which to do so. So I'm curious, Jay, you, your background in journalism uh, where, where, by the way, what newspaper were you worth primarily? I, I was with a number of newspapers across the country, literally across the country. I went to college in Denver and I interned at the Denver newspaper there. And I worked in Anchorage, Alaska for a while. And then I went down to South Florida and worked in Palm Beach County for a long time. And then I ended up here in Atlanta at the Journal Constitution. And I worked there at the newspaper for 10 or 11 years before, like I said, to my mind, to my heart, the internet killed newspapers you know, around 2005, 2007, eight, mm -hmm. wherever you, know, you can argue about exactly when, but that's when I knew it was over and decided to leave. And was it investigative journaling? What, what was your primary kind of um, no, I, I was never an investigative journalist. That is a specific skill set, requires a specific set of uh, abilities and talents and desires that I just never particularly shared. I liked the quick hit. You know, I was what's called a daily news reporter and my beat was the courthouse. So I covered a lot of trials and a lot of uh, murder and horrible, horrifying events, but also a lot of um, um, lawsuits that were very interesting and court cases about state regulation because the county uh, here in Atlanta is Atlanta's the capital of Georgia, so anything regarding state government would be litigated in my courthouse. So I got a really broad range of hard news stories, and I covered them on a day-to-day -day basis, meaning what happened today, boom, but also with some, I guess what some people consider investigative, but what a, an investigative reporter would not, because I, I would flatter myself to say that this rose to that level things that I might spend a couple of months working on to put together more thoughtful, in-depth pieces. Investigative um, reporting is a really, you know, they spend, they might spend a year or two on something and it doesn't get printed because it doesn't pan out or they, they follow every lead and it comes up to be something that they decide, well, you know, this isn't really worth uh, bothering the public about, right? They, they pursue their leads and that doesn't always pan out. And I just didn't have the the constitution for that. But you took that skill set of yours of writing journal uh, as a mm -hmm. journalist, and now you're creating content 
for gym owners, trainers, and so on, who are looking to help the, the population that's 50 and older. Uh, I'm not going to use the term aging because we're all aging as soon as we come out of the right. room. So that would be a misnomer, to be honest. We'll just say, you know, and, and if we're hoping to live into triple digit years, we might say the second half of life, but just, just yeah. for the sake of it, without putting any subjectivity, it's just for those 50 and older is really where you're targeting. What what kind of subjects do you find are the the hot topics for such a demographic? What do you enjoy writing about or what do you get feedback from that says, oh, we want more of that? Okay, excellent question. First of all, I don't write about programming or I don't give exercise advice. I leave that to my clients. My clients are gym owners and studio owners and experts like you. So I'm not going to tell you or your clients what they should be doing in your gym. That's your expertise, right? So if you want to tell them to do sumo squats, I'm not going to come along and tell them to do traditional squats. You know what I mean? That's that's not what I do. What I do is I focus on the lifestyle benefits of being strong and having endurance and having agility all throughout your life so that you can live the life that you want to live, whatever that might look like. You know, you uh, you and I are you know pretty physically active, but you don't have to be. You know, as you age, you don't have to. The point of going to the gym is not so you can go to the gym to go to the gym more. The point of going to the gym is so you can have that that health to live the life that you want to live, and maintain a high quality of life, and maintain your independence. As we age, you we lose muscle tone, muscle mass, which causes frailty and weakness, which causes falls. We also, you know, if we're not lifting weights, we have problems with bone density, particularly women after menopause. So if we fall, we're more likely to have a fracture. You know, these are just basic things in life that I don't think the general population knows about as it relates to, to exercise. Like I was saying before, we always just thought that going to the gym was for boys who wanted muscles. Well, actually, it's for little old ladies who don't want to fall walking into the kitchen, you know, because it keeps them strong enough to stay upright keeps their bone density strong enough so they don't break a bone if they do fall. So the, I found quickly that there are basically seven topics, seven reasons why people over 50 want to get fit or stay fit. And those things sometimes have to do with being strong and being sexy and all of that. Cause you know, if we all want to look good. There's nothing wrong with that. But the seven things that I, almost every single time I can put it into one of these seven categories, why someone our age or older wants to get or fit, get fit or stay fit. And there are things like to, they want to play with their grandchildren. You know, they want to be active grandparents. They don't want to be the grand, the, the grandma who sits on the couch and can't get up and play or can't pick the baby up or, you know, go throw the Frisbee around that kind of thing. That's one travel is another, you know, uh, traveling is involves a certain amount of physical exertion, just getting through an airport and lugging your bag around and all that. Not not to mention the fantasy vacations that we all have. You know, we work for 40 years, we raise our kids for 40 years, and we think someday I'm gonna take that that dream trip. I'm gonna go to that exotic location, or I'm gonna go ski in the Swiss Alps, or I'm going to hike that trail in Spain or whatever it is. Um, so it's grandkids, it's travel. It's your physical health, it's your mental health, your sports, 
You know, if you if you have been a golfer your whole life, you're not going to give that up just because you're a certain age. Uh, hobbies is another thing like gardening and dance. You know, these are things that are really important to people that we don't typically associate with going to the gym. But gardening and dance require strength, body strength, core strength, flexibility, endurance. You know, all these things can be had at the gym. So those are the main reasons why I find that people do it or you know, have that motivation, have that desire. It's really about your life and having the best life you can have. It's not necessarily because you want to spend all day in the gym. That's, that's really a different, a different mentality, I think. So how do, you, how do you make that mental shift of uh, just going to the gym versus using the gym as a vehicle to enjoy the, the fruits of your labor later in life? I try to provide content that moves people emotionally with human interest stories that are backed by science and facts. So, and that's where my background as a journalist comes in. I don't just sit down and say, hey, Bob, you should go to the gym. You'll be happier if you do. I write, I research and write articles about people who go through very uh, common but compelling situations later in life that result in some change. There's almost always a catalyst. And I'm, now I'm talking about people who, who are not active, you know, who've gone through the last stages of adulthood just working and coming home and raising the kids and not taking care of themselves can you give me an example like someone that comes to mind right now yeah sure you know it's very common you you go to the doctor the doctor says phil i've been telling you for years you need to lose weight and i'm telling you right now you're you're gonna you're you're six months away from a fatal heart attack if you don't lose 40 pounds right now okay that will motivate someone or that you're pre-diabetic, you know, these are often motivating, or your, your grandchild comes over and says, I don't want to play with me, Ma, because she's boring. She won't play with me. That'll break your heart. You know, those are things that often get people moving. Um, or it can be other things too. It doesn't have to be heartbreaking or life-threatening. You and your brother-in-law have been playing golf every week for 30 years and you've been kicking his butt for 30 years and now suddenly he's edging up on you that's not going to stand is it you know mm-hmm. so you're going to go to the gym and you're going to have a trainer show you that your core strength isn't there and that your quads are falling apart and that your glutes have just withered away because you haven't been doing anything with them for 40 years except sitting on them at the office so there's almost always that catalyst. You know, I tell you, one man I met, he was, it was such a powerful story. He was playing tennis and uh, he noticed that he couldn't, he was a lifelong amateur tennis player. And he noticed that he couldn't quite reach the, reach the corners as easily, couldn't quite get to that shot as easily. And he went to see his doctor and the doctor said, walk across the room for me. And he did. And the doctor said, you've got Parkinson's. And he said, I do not. You can't tell me I have Parkinson's just by watching me walk 10 steps. And he said, yeah, I can. And yeah, you do. And from then on, he entered into a lot of physical therapy, but also a lot of physical exercise that's designed to uh, mitigate the symptoms of Parkinson's. So there's a lot you can do, and it's never too late. And my job, I believe, is to, like I said, tell these stories that people relate to and have some emotional reaction to. 
and then understand that, oh, that's why I need to take care of myself. That's why I need to, to be able to, you know, do some physical activity so that I don't lose the ability to take care of myself. Yeah, great. Okay. You, you had to have, uh, I would say, a leap of faith in starting this company and, mm -hmm. and moving away from the comfort zone of what you knew into, into an environment that had an uncertain future to it. What, what was it? I mean, what was that like? And, and what made you go, you know, this is the direction that I think I need to head in because you could have headed in so many automotive repair. You could have done uh, any number of other elements, mm -hmm. but you chose to help those in regards to health and fitness over 50. What, what was that? Well, what got me into, to decide to venture into entrepreneurship, I would like to tell you it was because I was so brave and visionary and had such confidence in myself. You can, However, you, please do if truth. you want to. Oh, I could tell you that, sure. I could, I could make up a whole story about that. The simple truth is I kept getting laid off from these corporate jobs. You know, we grew up thinking that that security was in serving a, a large organization that would always be there for us. I learned the hard way that that is no longer true. I was a part of an industry that we always thought, you know this, you're, you're as old as I am. You know that we, no one ever thought newspapers would go away. No. Well, they did, you know. So I was a part of that institution, the fourth estate, we called it, because it was so solid in the world, right? Gone. So then I got a job at a giant corporation, got laid off, got a job at another giant corporation, you know, on and on. And I finally just, it took three times. After the first time, I said, I should just be a freelance writer. And I dabbled a little bit and I had a little success. And then the phone rang. Someone offered me another job in corporate communications at another Fortune 500 company. And the money was great. And I said, okay, I'll do it again. So now twice I've taken a job that was offered to me very easy. I didn't go looking for them. They called and said, here's a big paycheck that you can have if you just come sit at your cubicle every day. And um, I did it twice. And after the second time didn't work, I said, okay, I'm going to freelance again. I'll just do that again. Well, it happened again. The, literally, it's not that I'm so great. It just happened this way that the phone rang again. And it was another really exciting job with a big paycheck. And I took it. And I said, but this is the last time three strikes you're out, right? I mean, even I'm not so dense that it takes, you know, the, I eventually get the message. And so um, on that one, uh, when that ended, um, I said, that's it. I'm not, I'm not putting my fate into the hands of other people or other institutions ever again. So this idea that I was giving up security was not, was not the case. That's what I was led to believe, but it's not what I experienced. And so I said, I don't want, I don't want this to ever happen to me again. I'm not, I'm not doing this again. I'll just find my own way. So that's how I made the break into solo entrepreneurship and how I chose fitness is, is there's another layer to it. In my, one of those three rounds of trying to be a freelance writer and going back to corporate America and lacking the courage to finally just do it. Right. So that's what it was. I was just afraid. Um, during one of those times when I was just getting freelance clients willy-nilly, one of them was 
for a widget company and they made it doesn't matter i can tell you all about it, it doesn't matter they made frankly what we all would consider widgets right in an industry i had never heard of didn't know anything about didn't care about had nothing to offer i could not bring i could not tell you anything of value regarding that industry and yet i got this freelance job and the money was pretty good and the people were nice and I thought, that's it. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not doing this again. This is a waste of time. The only way I can make, make a sustainable future as a freelance writer is to specialize in some topics. And the only things that I want to write about are, number one, news, because I had been in news for so long. So um, I called a friend who is at CNN, and I said, I'd like a part-time job at CNN. Can I come work for you? And he said, sure. And so I did that. And then I said, I'll be a freelance writer for freelance clients in the entertainment industry because the uh, I like movies and TV and popular music. And those industries are huge here in Atlanta. I'll just about everything is produced here now. A friend of mine has a PR agency that services the film industry. So I did started doing work for her. And then the third thing, I decided to have three, like three legs to my bar stool, right? CNN, in news my friend in show business. And um, the third one was going to be, I said, what do I care about? What do I enjoy doing? What do I want to know about? What do I read about? What do I have a little knowledge about? I'm not an expert, but what do I have some knowledge in? And that was fitness. I've always been a gym goer. I've always been in good shape. I've always enjoyed learning about it and knowing more about it and talking to people about what motivates them to do it. And so that was how I settled on fitness and again all this happened right after i turned 50 and so that's how I, that's that was what shaped the the investigation that i did to find out that it's an underserved community no one was serving the over 50 market in fitness and so i saw an opportunity and built my business around that fantastic and then so did cnn and the entertainment world start to just dissolve around or do you still have those legs in your barstool I do have, still have those legs in my bar stool and a couple other, the, the freelance uh, work has grown somewhat in that I have a handful of really good long-term freelance clients and some of them are in the fitness industry. So that's nice because I learn from them and I gain context from them and context and context, both from, from the work that I do for them. So that's nice. And then the, um, the, Entertainment stuff kind of comes and goes because freelance work does come and go. That's just the nature of it. And I still work for CNN a couple of days a week. Yeah. Just, I, I write and edit for the website. And so that is, that is sort of my safety net, I guess you could say. Fantastic. All right. Well, it sounds like you've really broadened your field in, in places that you've, you really enjoy. It's, you know, finding things that you enjoy and then making a living out of it that, that is not work at all. But I am curious about this, Jay, is that as I see it, writing is very similar to exercise in the fact that it requires discipline. And there's certain ways in which you go about accomplishing your, your tasks. Um, so how, like for me, I, I write a blog every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. And I and I have that as my, it's in my calendar, it's in my schedule, and that's just what I do. So uh, there's no question about it. And then my workouts are in my calendar also. 
like every other day at this time, I'm going to meet this person, right? How, how does your discipline of writing, I imagine you're writing practically every day, although I'm, I, I hope that you take a day off every now and then, just like anything else, but how does it work in your world? Like how, how much do you write a day and what kind of discipline do you surround yourself in order to make that happen? Ooh, excellent questions. Yeah, I write constantly. I work um, almost every day. I do take a day off, at least one day off a week, because if I don't, I go crazy. Because, um, you know, I I love what I do, but, but you know, you got to have a life, right? You got to take care of yourself. And so uh, when I first started doing this, I was working eight days a week. And a couple of friends who do not know each other said to me independently, you're working too much you're going to burn out. You won't be able to do anything for anybody if you keep going like this. So you need to take a day off a week. And so I schedule that off. I schedule Sundays off now um, because of that. And that was the best advice anybody ever gave me. So anybody out there listening who wants to be an entrepreneur, yeah, you got to be dedicated and you got to be devoted and you got to work your tail off, but you also have to take care of yourself in the long term. And you still have family and friends and relationships and community and Still got to do the dishes and all those things, right? Um, so, the other way, the other part answer to that to that to that question, Rocky, is kind of difficult to answer exactly because um, the discipline and the habits and the technique that I employ were all taught to me very early in my life and served me for all those years in newspapers. And now they're just sort of second, hand, second nature to me. Um, and maybe someday I'll, I'll create a new business and teach people how to, how to research and write. That would be a good entrepreneurial enterprise for me. And if I do that, I'm gonna have to really break it down. But the way I cover fitness now, the way I have ideas for my business and for my podcast is I treat fitness over 50 like I did my beat at the newspaper and that means that I'm always working it I'm always talking to somebody I'm always going to something I'm always reading something uh, and many of those things will never see the light of day but they they are necessary you have to because we don't know what we don't know we have to learn things before we can decide that they're not that important or that we're not going to do anything with them right so I try to stay as educated and plugged in as possible and um, work the work the beat. And I'll give you an example. When I was when I covered the courthouse, the grand juries met every Tuesday and Friday and they would hand up their indictments. And um, I would literally go and read every single indictment. Well, as you might imagine, in Atlanta's courts, that's a ton of indictments all the time. And most of them were not newsworthy you know just sort of ordinary crime but you had to read the 200 of them to get to the one that made you go oh my gosh look at this what is this right and it's kind of the same thing with with all of this i talk to people all the time and i'm reading stuff all the time and i'm going places all the time so that i can can learn the discipline of the of writing is just i've got it I've got it broken down, you know, on the days I worked for CNN, that's using my old journalism muscles. And the, the days that I'm doing my own stuff, I'm thinking about 
how does this who is my audience and what do i what do i how do i want them to use this material my audience is the gym and studio owner but i'm writing for their audience and that is the ultimate end user their customers so i'm writing about fitness but i'm not writing about the anatomy i'm not using big words i'm not using uh, exclusionary language i want everyone to read this and understand what i'm talking about so that they are motivated to take better care of themselves so that they have a good feeling when they read this material they feel good about the person who sent them the material which is the gym owner you know which again is is you and so they get this i sell you the material you put it in your emails and in your facebook's and on your blogs people who read it never are aware that i exist they don't need to be but they feel good when they read the material and they feel good about you and they get to know you and like you and trust you through the material that i'm sending them which is inspirational but not silly and which is substantial but not tedious and which they can relate to but is genuine you know and i think that comes from being a, a newspaper reporter i can pull your heartstrings if i want to but you know generally i just try to stick to the the facts which are so compelling so compelling think about the people you work with your clients don't they have great lives aren't they interesting don't you enjoy really? hearing from them yeah it's great it's a great well, opportunity it's a great privilege and now with your your clients like you say are the gym owners but you write yeah. toward the members do you do you take requests i guess is my question like if you've got gym owners that cater exclusively to 50 and older lgbtq population or mm -hmm. are these the over 50 competitive power lifters in this gym do you mm -hmm. do you get those type of studios or facilities where they say okay here's our demographics we only cater to women 50 and older or we're mm -hmm. just a men only or maybe it's a faith-based where it's the, mm -hmm. the jewish community center or you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying do you ever get that i do Oh, sure, I do. And sometimes I can um, sometimes I can accommodate them within the, the broader parameters of, serve, of of all my clients. And sometimes I suggest that I do some custom material for them. Um, so by, by that, I mean that everything I write needs to be uh, usable by all of my customers who are gym and studio owners all across the country. And um, so some of them might be in an area, like you said, LGBTQ community. This is Pride Month, right? Well, so a lot of a lot of my customers might be really interested in that and want to share some share some content about their gay members or their LGBTQ members. I'm sorry, I'm old enough to where we used to just say gay and that covered everybody. And I know that's no longer the case, but and I'm gay <laughs> myself, so so I'm I'm covered. I get a free pass if I say something politically incorrect, but. Um, a lot of people don't, and I don't mean because they're prejudiced or because they're bad people or because they're anti this or anti that, but you know, they, it just might not be a factor in their community. So I would love to do something specifically with the gay community or gyms that service them, but I'm not sure it would have to be something probably custom just, just for them, because not everybody would want that. Now the, the kind of similar to, um, any special interest because that special interest isn't going to, to to be relevant to all of my subscribers but within the broader range of 
fitness over 50 and those seven reasons that I talked about, you know, I do try to be diverse and representative of all kinds of people. Um, and that includes not just LGBTQ, but also people of color and people who are 50, but also people who are 85, you know, or even older because they're doing great stuff. People who are in excellent condition, people who are just starting out and are really deconditioned. It's the whole range of things. Um, I love getting story ideas from my uh, my clients, my customers. I think of them as sort of as sources. And a lot of them have become friends of mine over the years. And they'll write me an email or call me up and say, hey, I've noticed that, you know, after COVID, I'm still... Uh, a lot of my people are thrilled to be back at the gym, but I still haven't heard from some of them. You might want to write about that. Well, that's a good idea. And that's something that everybody can relate to, you know? So I want to know, and they do tell me, and I'm always trying to be in contact with, uh, with my customers for those ideas. Absolutely. And of the things that you've written about, of the different angles, shall we say, uh, I'm thinking about the most obscure because we can think about the most mainstream, uh, you know, playing right. with your grandkids and so on and, and the, the concerns or aspirations of those over 50 into their 60s and so on. But have you tapped into some things that just they almost like head scratchers and going, oh, light bulb moments like, oh, my gosh, I, I never thought of tying in fitness, health and fitness with this aspect of life. Are, are there any of those moments where you're going, oh, son of a gun? Yeah, we can tie that in quite nicely. Like you mentioned, yeah, gardening, well, right? But oh, yeah, there, that's a good one. You know, but are there other ones that you're going, oh, yeah, this, this is perfect? Yes. Um, I just met this guy who's into surfing. He lives, <laughs> he lives in California. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, hmm, what can I do with surfing? Hmm, hmm. Uh, no, no, actually that, that is a really good example because what you do with surfing is so specific and how can I, and my challenge as a writer is to make it relevant to people who, who don't want to surf and don't care about surfing and don't live near an ocean and you know, whatever. So I don't want to write something that says, Hey, if you want to go surfing tomorrow, you need to be doing these exercises because simply stated, most people will never go surfing. Right. But everybody's kind of got a fantasy idea of the surfing lifestyle and ooh, what's it like to do that and live in California or Hawaii and you know. So if I can if I can connect that to the broader concerns, then that's you know that's my challenge. Um, so yeah, gardening is one thing that that kind of surprised me, and I think uh, gym owners missed the opportunity to explain that to their prospects that hey, you know. Mr. and Mrs. Gardner in the neighborhood, you're, if you want to get your yard in shape this spring, you need to come in and see us all winter so you can really hit it. You know, that's not addressed enough. And I try to, I try to do that. Another is um, ballroom dancing. You know, a friend of mine who's about 10 years older than I am and has always been a little bit overweight, he got into ballroom dancing because he was just bored with the gym and he'd lose 20 pounds and gain it back. And, and he's like, forget it. I'm, I'm going to be thick. I don't care, but I'm going to be active and I'm going to be graceful and I'm going to learn to respect my body. And, and he found that in ballroom dancing. Um, and another thing that might surprise people, I don't know. I, I uh, wrote about a woman named Diane who lives in Wasilla, Alaska. 
and Diane's uh, extremely active and does a lot of really fascinating sports. She runs triathlons and she rides uh, her bike in the winter on those big wide, wide tire bikes. And she's always doing whatever 10K is coming along and she's about this big around. It's just a delightful person to know and to be around. Um, Diane's husband had a debilitating stroke a few years ago. He eventually died, but what I wrote about was for the four or five years between his stroke and his um, death, she was his caregiver. And that prevented her from it would have prevented her from having the active life that she craves. But the other women on her hockey team, yes, I said the other women on her hockey team in Alaska rallied around her and supported her and took shifts. They'd come over and one one person would take care of her husband on Monday afternoon so she could go do that. And another would do it on Tuesday morning so she could go do that. And through that loving kindness and support of her friendship group, I was able to write about a lot of really weird fitness things. Women playing hockey, are you kidding me? Uh, riding, riding wide wide, uh, wide bicycle tires through the snow in Alaska. I would say, what? Flying to Hawaii to do triathlons in your 60s? Are you kidding me? You know, all these things with this undertone of sadness that her husband had been, you know, um, had had to undergo, undergo this trauma. So, that's one of my favorite stories I've done. Um, and it really doesn't have anything to do with going to the gym and lifting weights. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. wonderful. And you touch upon an area that we find in our studio of clients that come in that is getting greater and greater. And that is caregiver the, of mm -hmm. your significant other or other family member. And I will often say that caregivers are not caretakers. They're often, they're, they're often opposed from one another, meaning you are spending your entire day caring for someone else. You're giving the care to somebody, but you're not taking back any for your own. And so if you're going to be of, of service and benefit to those that are around you that love and, and that need your assistance, you're going to need to have fortitude and strength and endurance yourself so that you, you can be of the most service to everybody else. So that's interesting. That's right. I don't know if that constitutes in your framework of seven or if that is, is slightly outside of those. Yeah, that's interesting. The idea of being a caregiver and falling into another category. Um, I see that a lot. I'm not sure that it, I wonder what that would fit. I don't know, I'll have to think about that. Maybe I need a new category. Thank you. I'll think yeah. about that. But it's you know it's 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 huge for people at this point in life because a lot of us have parents who are still alive but can't take care of themselves, or like Diane, their partner is is uh, needs needs care, and you know that's a really difficult position to be in for countless reasons, and you do have to take care of yourself, but then you feel guilty about it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So, for for those that want to pursue uh, your writing and and want to read a little bit yes, more sir. about your articles, uh, aside from providing your clients that are health club owners, do you do you have a, a blog post that people could follow or anything like that? I do. I have a website, primefitcontent.com, and then it's the name of my business, Prime, like the prime of your life. 
www.ebookcontent.com. I have an ebook there that would be of interest to anyone. I use it to grow my email list among gym owners because it's, uh, it dives into these seven reasons that I'm talking about that I think gym owners need to be aware of. Why would an old woman want to come to my gym? Well, here's seven reasons, you know, but I think it, I wrote it broadly enough that it's of interest to a general reader. And I have some other blog posts on my website that are relevant to non-gym owners. And I think my podcast is pretty interesting often. That's something that um, you don't have to pay for and is just out there in the in the ether. And that I hope a lot of people would be interested in and, and not just fitness professionals. And the name of that podcast is? Optimal Aging. So the business is Prime Fit Content. The site is primefitcontent.com. The website, excuse me, the, the blog, uh, the podcast is Optimal Aging. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll, I'll put the links in the description below the podcast. So anybody that is listening or watching can can follow you and and who knows? Maybe there are some gym owners in the audience right now that would say, oh, this is exactly my demographic. This is what I need. And uh, yeah, that would be a wonderful thing. Now, when it, it comes was, to- and I would love to hear from them. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so just from a business perspective, is, is this a, a monthly service? Is it an a la carte? How do you work it within your, your business to gym owners and studio owners? It's a monthly subscription. I deliver the content weekly. So it's sort of like subscribing to a magazine, um, except it's just month to month. I offer, you can pay in advance in a year and save a little, save a few dollars. But basically, if you want to cancel it, you can cancel it at any time. And um, I send the material out every Tuesday. It's more than you would need for a week's worth of content. I could send it all out in one month, but I think that tends to be a little overwhelming. And I also like to be able to react to the news a little bit. You know, if um, an important person dies in this age group, like Tina Turner's death or something, you know, you don't want to wait six months to say this woman that we all knew and loved died, you know, and it's not only was she important to the baby boomers, but she was part, part of her importance is because she was so physical, right? And known for that. So um, I like to be more, I like to be able to, to respond to the news when I can. So I send it out weekly, you pay for it monthly, and you can cancel it anytime. And it's designed for those three channels primarily of being um, your blog, your email newsletters, and Facebook. Fabulous. Well, it sounds like a great service, Jay, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you and connecting with you. This has been wonderful. Yeah. And our time is coming to a close here. So I, I just want to okay. say thank you. Thank you for your time. And, and I really enjoyed this conversation and hope that the listening audience can tap into the services that you have to offer. Well, great. Lucky I enjoyed it too. Thanks for having me. And I would love to, to hear from anybody out there. So it's been fun. Definitely. Well, that was a truly enjoyable conversation with Jay. I've found a new friend, and I know that I'm going to stay in touch with him for many years to come. He's got some great insight, information, and experience when it comes to the fitness world. Hope you appreciated the show as much as I did. In the meantime, just check into our archives of former RockFit File episodes. There's a whole bunch of great guests just like Jay. We'll see you next time.